we're starting to come towards the end of the first temple era. What happens now is, as we're going to see, we're leading up to the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. And it's not too long after the destruction of Beit HaMikdash that the Tanakh finishes its historical narrative. There's still lots of stories to tell, but mostly there's lots of prophecies to say. So what we're going to do in the next many books is unpack some of the stories we referenced to understand the prophecies, how the prophets of the time tried to bring the people back, etc. But first, we still have to finish some history. Although we're almost finished the history, we have three chapters left in the Book of Kings. Um, we still have a story to tell, and there's a lot to say. And here we go, chapter 23. The king, this is the king Yoshiyahu, sent messengers after he realized the people have to repent. And they gathered him, all the elders of Yehuda and Yerushalayim. The king went up to the house of the Lord, and all the men of Yehuda and all the inhabitants of Yerushalayim were with him. The Kohanim, the prophets, all the people from small to great. He read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant, the Torah, that had been found in the house of the Lord. The warnings of severe punishment that appeared at the end of the book of Devarim, the parsha of Kitavo. The king stood on the platform in the temple, which was designated specifically for the king, and he established a covenant before Hashem to follow the Lord, to observe his commandments, his testimonies, his laws with the whole heart and the whole soul, to uphold the words of the covenant that are written in the scroll, and all the people formally and ceremoniously accepted the covenant, the entire nation. The king commanded Chilkiyo, the high priest, the deputy priest, and the doorkeepers to take all the vessels that have been crafted for the fake gods of Baal and Asherah and the entire, all the heavenly spheres, all the idolatry that was used for them, out of the sanctuary of the Lord. He burned them outside of Yerushalayim in the fields of Kidron. The Kidron Valley contains a seasonal stream that flows in the direction of the Dead Sea. The nearby valley was an ancient site of idolatrous sites. Um, and a certain fellow carried their ashes to Bet-El to get rid of it. He dismissed the clerics whom the king of, of Yehuda had appointed to burn offerings of the shrines of the cities of Yehuda and the environs of Yerushalayim. And he dismissed those who burnt offerings to the Baal, sun, moon, constellations, all the hosts of heavens. He removed the sacred tree from the house of Hashem and brought it out of Yerushalayim to the Kidron Valley. He burnt it in the Kidron Valley, ground it to dust and cast its dust on the graves of the common people. Throwing the dust of the trees, using idolatrous worship onto impure graves was an act of disparagement. Served to ensure that nothing of the trees would ever again be used for this purpose. He smashed the houses of the cult prostitutes, people who performed acts of sexuality as idolatrous rituals, who were in the house of Hashem where the women would weave covers for the sacred tree. He brought all the Kohanim from the cities of Yehuda who had offered sacrifices to God on altars outside the temple, something prohibited. He defiled the shrines where they brought their offerings so that people would stay away from them. He made sure all the Kohanim stayed local in Yerushalayim from Geva to Beersheba throughout the territory of Yehuda. He smashed the shrines in the, of the gates and that which was located at the entrance of the gate of Yoshua, governor of the city, which was on a, on a man's left at the gate of the city. There was a special shrine at the left as one entered the city. However, the priests of the shrines were not to go up to the altar of the Lord Yerushalayim, but only eat unleavened bread amongst their brethren. In other words, 
the priests, the Kohanim Yoshiyahu gathered, was fit to serve in the temple in principle, but he barred them from doing so because they had offered sacrifices outside the temple. He gave them a status similar to that of a Kohen with a physical blemish, who is permitted to take sacrificial food, but may not perform sacrifices in the temple. He defiled Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, that a man not pass his son or daughter through the fire of the god of Molech, which was a ritual at the time. He abolished the ceremonial procession of horses that the king of Judah designated for the ritual of worshiping the sun that was going from the house of the Lord, the temple, eastward to the chamber of the official named Natan Melech, which was in the city's outskirts. This was a ritual involved a ceremonial procession of, a procession of horses meant to symbolize the movement of the sun in the sky. Yoshiyahu burnt the chariots whose movement symbolized the movement of the sun through the heavenly fire, through the heavens in fire. Yoshiyahu smashed the special altars that the kings of Yehuda had made, Assyrian or Aramean forms of altars that were on the roof of the upper chambers of Achaz and the altars that Menashe had made in the two courtyards of the house of Hashem, his grandfather, he crushed them there and cast their dust into the Kidron Valley. He defiled the shrines that were opposite Jerusalem, which were to the right of the Mount of Corruption, what he calls Har HaMashchis, Mount of Olives. Um, interesting name. These shrines which Solomon, the king of Israel, had built for Ashtoreth, the destation of the Sidonians, an idol of the Sidonians, and for Kemosh, the detested uh, god of Moab, and Milka, the abomination of Ammon. He broke the monuments, cut down the sacred trees, filled their places with human bones in order to defile them. Ever since then, that place is a cemetery. Mount of Olives is one big cemetery till today. He also turned northward, not just in the land of Yehuda. Also the altar that was at the Bet El, the shrine that Yeravam ben Nevat, the first king of the north, who caused Israel to sin had made. Also that altar and that shrine he smashed. He burned the shrine and ground it to dust and burned the sacred tree. Yoshiel turned and saw the graves that were on the mountain. He sent and took the bones from the graves and burnt them on the altar of Yeravam, the center of his cult and defiled it. All of this was in accordance with the word of Hashem proclaimed by the man of God who had proclaimed these matters. This was either that he was aware of the ancient prophecy delivered by a prophet to Yeravim about a future king who would one day burn human bones, we're not sure whose bones, maybe Yeravim's, upon the altar of Bethel, or he was simply the vehicle through which the prophecy came to pass without his knowledge. Yoshiyahu said, what is the grave marker I see? The men said, it's the grave of the man of God who came from Yehuda and proclaimed many generations ago these things that you had done on the altar of Bethel. He was the one that prophesied it. And he said, let him be, nobody move his bones. The bones of the prophets, um, he was saved. He made sure that nobody did anything wrong. Remember, this is the story about the prophet who came from Samaria and enticed the prophet of Yehuda to return to Bethel and eat with him, which caused his death against Hashem's will. He, Hashem didn't want him to stay. The prophet from Shamron later requested to be buried alongside the prophet from Yehuda. And since he couldn't differentiate between the bones, he did not touch anything in that grave. 
Yoshiao removed all the temples of the shrines that were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made to, be, to provoke Hashem. And he did to them like all the actions he performed in Bethel. He slaughtered all the priests of the shrines that were there upon the altars. He burned human bones upon them. And he returned to Yerushalayim after purifying the land as best he could.